0: 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work.
1: Welcome to Season 3, Episode 12. Uh, as usual, share us, tell us... Tell someone who likes boxers to listen to us, yeah, email them the link, just click share on whatever you're listing this on and share it with somebody. We've said this every episode since time began. Season 3, episode 12, Howell and Jamie, nice to have you with us. A few things to deal with this week, lots of business and um, an interview. E, hopefully,
2: Fingers crossed. It's going to fall apart. They all do. Why don't you tell us about the other one that fell apart? We predicted it. Well, uh, in a classic M. Night Shyamalan twist, um, <laughs> he, he pulled out last minute on his uh, interview junkets. They always do. All you the know, big ones do, don't they? Because they, go, they get close and they go, you know what? I don't want to do this with my life. Do you, and yeah, um, yeah. maybe they realise that actually, you no, know, this isn't going to affect the mark. Maybe they get like a bigger interview... With, uh, Hang on a, a minute! Big... They, they're cancelling a set of interviews. It's not just
1: us. I want to make that clear. When these super oh, yeah. famous people cancel, it's not because they're personal. gone. The boxer, what? They, it's they, they cancel the whole kitten and Kaboodle, the whole
2: goddamn thing.
1: And it is it, it is annoying because it is like you you know you arrange your day. Give me an example, Jamie, of how this has affected your
2: life. Um, well, I. Um... Well I, sort of, well, I set some time aside to have a chat with M. Night Shyamalan and uh, ended up just eating bread. You see? Then he's got to eat bread at d- different times of the day than he half, expected. Half a tiger loaf, in
1: fact. At the end of last week's podcast, I,
2: I went it's just in fact quiet. about tiger loaf. Oh, uh, it mind. makes your wee smell funny. Does it really? A bit like asparagus. I've started eating um, no-carb bread. Oh what you're not one of those new age hippies are you? Oh. Well, no no. What you better it? have some kind of um, you know uh, intestinal difficulty.
1: Well it? yeah, Sarah's not really supposed to eat the wheat. Is it no wheat? What is it? I don't know. Gluten free. Gluten free. Yeah, she's not supposed to eat that. She's got issues, and so she doesn't eat it. And, and That's as a result, understandable. but do you know what? You would love this bread, Jamie, because you know what it it actually makes it taste a lot more like cake. It still mm. tastes like bread, but it's got a cakey texture. And it's
2: um, it's quite Moorish. Well, maybe I'll give it a try. I mean, you've certainly sold it to me there. But, I mean, I like normal bread, you know. I'm a big fan of normal it's bread. It's also like four quid a loaf. Jesus Christ. Exactly. What kind of a hippie
1: con is it? <laughs> it is a massive hippie con. Because it's like, we'll remove something and then it'll be yeah, twice as expensive. Yeah, it's costing them less. yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. And they're charging more.
1: I watched three films this week. Oh, So, yeah, we're talking to the director of the new Everest film, which you've probably seen advertised. We're talking to him on the show today. But first, we've got your news, we've got emails, and um, I want to tell you about the three films that I went to watch this weekend. Okay. Um, first of all, on Friday night, I went to watch... I've forgotten. Oh, oh wow. Tell me something. Am I? Might you, really, have you really prepared for this convo? <laughs> I have. I have. I've got. Uh, you would not believe how prepared I am for this convo. You wait for my twenty-four review in a moment. Oh, um, what did I watch? Tell me what I might have watched on Friday. Uh, train
2: wreck now. at the cinema. Did you watch Train wreck? No, i watched that. Out of Compton. Out oh, of Compton. Oh yeah, about Jay Z and no, uh, no, Jamie. No, well, it's Jay-Z. about uh, Doctor
1: Dre, isn't yes. it? Yeah? Mixed up your black people there, Jamie. <laughs> it is. Uh, he's from New York, and yeah. these people are from Compton, which is in L.A. Just 5,000 miles separating them. Um, but, of, of a, course, of rivalry, none of them white, which is Jamie's problem there. That
2: wasn't the problem, Howell, okay. okay. You just don't, don't know
1: your rap make. music like yeah. I do. And it's a phenomenal film. Like, uh, one of the best films I've seen all year. It's uh, It makes you... There's this thing people say when they're trying to get into taste and... Um, it's something my dad said to me years ago when I first started sort of trying to persuade him to listen to music that wasn't just classical music. He said, like, you know, I, I can understand rap music, but I'll never feel it. I'll never enjoy it. Right. Mm, and that's yeah. what a lot of people say that about things. I, I don't feel it. And this film makes you feel Rap music, uh, yeah. or, or at least that particular, you know, um, NWA, the the time that they came out, and Ice Cube and their, his lyrics and Dr. Dre's approach, all of that, it gives you... You are angry. You are angry enough to want to write those lyrics if only That's you...
2: That's the police. Exactly.
1: If only you had the, the same ball. talent, um, you could... Meanwhile, in Chorley, at the same age, nineteen eighty-eight, Jamie Atherton was writing his own lyrics.
2: Yes, I was. Window dreams, the window dreams of another life. No one else can make me feel this way. The window dreams of yesterday. The window now, window They were lyrics. Of yesterday. So how did the music get into this? When did the music I start? wrote that music in my head, yeah. uh, okay. all composed without any. Skilled, learned practice in musical ability but i wrote it r- actually whilst looking out of a window yeah oh. funny story uh, out of a window and it was raining see. and i was sat on a windowsill and i thought oh window dreams and i was having a dream see oh, just like window.
1: straight out of compton you write about what you know in their case mm-hmm. it was incredible police brutality. In Jamie's case, it was looking out of a window. Hashtag first-class problems.
2: Well, actually, the thing first about my problems, window so. is it's not, that, it's not actually what you think. I had some binoculars in my window and I could see into the windows of the local police station. And I saw some very interesting things. Mm, you so did it. You see... F the police of Chorley Borough Council. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Some weird um, thing going hey, in those windows. I
1: want to issue an apology. I know I've said this before. Whenever I listen to the box set pod back, I realise how many things I say wrong, how many
2: facts yeah, you I get wrong. Get things wrong, Howell.
1: And I mean, it's unbelievable. But then. Um, Because of the new way we record this, I've got to, like, mix it down. There's two different channels, Jamie channel and Howell channel. So for the first time last week, I actually saw the amount of speech on each channel. Right, Mm -hmm. I could see a visual representation of the amount of effort that comes out of my mouth compared to your mouth. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Like... 95% of the noise was coming from my channel. No wonder I have to get so much wrong. If you throw that much crap at the wall, some ain't going to stick.
2: It's an issue.
1: See? Point proven. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) Why don't you tell everyone about the competition we've got running?
2: Yeah, best email wins the uh, Entourage box set. Mm. Mmm. Tasty. We've got some emails, haven't we? Well done. Setting you up perfectly for that. Do you want me to read them, or do you, you, you read them? Go for them and then I'll give you my review of Binge Watching 24 for the first time. Okay. Let's start off with a, an actual uh, email about Entourage. Okay. It's from Will Edwards. He says... If this hasn't been won already, then I then I didn't listen to Rock FM for around two weeks as Radio Wave caught my ear with some darn competition I didn't win, only to tune back in to Rock FM Breakfast Show for you guys and not to be on. Frantic Googling the local news, thinking you'd been called for some crazy phobia Friday. Alas, you weren't, and you have a new show away from Rock FM. Think this is worthy of winning? Even if you're already giving it away, um, I'm afraid not, Will. What you've just done, Will, is wander into a room and you've—I mean, you've—you've you've labelled yourself. You just barge a prize pig, haven't
1: you? Yes. You've basically tattooed across your forehead, prize pig. I. Why would we ever? I used to give... listen to you on the radio, and I went to another station because they were giving a prize away. So my loyalty is entirely based on who's giving away the prize. Who now I've found
2: you. Turns out you're giving away a prize. I mean the nerve of you, Will. You got some bald-faced nerve, <laughs> you Will. I'll give you that. I'll give you. You get credits for that, but that is not going to win you a box set of entourage.
1: Now again, I don't know anything, but isn't the term bald, as in bald, what you are, Jamie?
2: Bald-faced cheek, rather no, than it's bald-faced. bald-faced. Right. It's imagining you've got quite a quite bald- an image. The ball on your face. You got a ball on your face, face, Will. That's what he's saying. You've got balls on your face. Here's another email. Will, uh, you 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 know
1: what? On the other hand, why not? You know, we'll we'll get you. We'll put you in the final draw. I'm going to say it right now. You aren't in. You aren't going to win. I'm putting you in, Will. I am putting you in because at least he's honest about it. He's rocked up and he's gone. I'm not going to try and impress you with my email. I'm just going to say, can I have it? Fair enough. You know. That's the, a disgrace, Howell. The
2: world needs capitalists as much as they need you know what? activists, and we think, we tend to get the activist emails. I think it's the Mayo, Simon Mayo and Commodes um, pod, yeah, and yeah. Uh, they get some wonderful emails. I mean, yeah. some really well-written emails. Yeah. I don't give it Ball-Faced Will any credit for coming along and just going, give me your uh right box set. The problem is,
1: now you've labelled him as Ball-Faced Will um i feel like he needs to go in there because you've you've labeled him as this i've got this image of a guy
2: wandering around with balls on his face yeah, it's a channel five documentary waiting to happen i actually got a, i was at my in-laws the weekend and uh i stole a book of freaks that they've got around at their house went' to steal it but i took it i'm looking at this book of freaks and it, um yeah. it's fascinating did you bring your tortoise back i did actually yeah wow how long have they had that for then Seven months since we been uh, since we got married. Wow. Pretty wow. much. Caring for his and in pets. And this, in this book of freaks, yeah. there's a three-legged man, a four-legged woman, the Siamese twins, bearded ladies, midgets and dwarfs. There's a limbless wonder. There's someone called the limbless wonder. Oh, God. Fantastic fatties, feral children, <sighs> oh. strong men and strong women, and luminous people. Uh, check that out. Jamie, yeah. I mean, all of those... Kind of fair enough for its audience, but feral children. Yeah, feral children. As a child in here, Howell, was brought up by gazelles. No, there isn't. There bloody is.
1: There's a knot, though, is there? Right, Howell, I am not even <clears throat> lying to yeah, you. Yeah, I'm sure it's in the book,
2: but but that didn't happen. Let me find the arse. Gazelles can't bring up a child. Howell, this child, he had the speed of a puma as well. I mean... Yeah. You wouldn't mm. believe it, but this chi- this child—he was about six years old. If you
1: want more of this great kind of podcast, listen to Carl Pilkinson and Ricky Gervais' podcast because it's very, very similar, very similar. Oh,
2: really? We're always telling you, like, what well, you never heard Carl Pilkinson go yeah, on about bearded lady, gazelle it. boy. Yep. Supposedly, Ferrell was caught with incredible difficulty because he could run really fast. Obviously,
1: you know, you r- know how that story starts with one word. Supposedly, that's that's your clue. Yeah, but no The whole thing real. begins on, on sand for me. Supposedly
2: mm. Carry on. Oh, yeah, supposedly he was he was running with a herd of wild gazelle in the Arabian desert and according to a letter in a John Bull magazine, um, those most graceful animals had brought him up and he could match their incredible bursts of speed on his two legs. Which makes it all the more remarkable because <laughs> of course gazelles are four legged. Let's not forget. Fantastic story. And there's more to come. From, Supposedly.
1: Well, fantastic. Well, there uh, we anyway,
2: go. Why don't we get to that? So, let's so go thanks to, to ball-faced Will for that. Ball-faced Will, yes. Yeah, so, will, yeah. keep
1: your emails coming. studio at boxsetpod.com. Jamie may label you as
2: ball-faced. Here's another one as well from Daniel Knight. Says, Talking of Hugh Laurie, there's mm. a box set I'd recommend 100%. Ooh. House, Very clever very good acting, deep characters, twists, and WTF episodes. It wasn't very well heard in the UK, so perhaps some people may have missed one. One sentence review for those who have never heard of it. Think house, play on the word Holmes. His best friend Wilson, instead of Watson, he solves baffling medical mysteries that have some basis on real-life stories. Mm -hmm. The only downside, the worst representation of real MRIs ever. But that's Hollywood. Daniel Knight. Good email. What I
1: like about Daniel, a lot like you, Jamie, stump- becoming Carl Pilkington and not knowing it, is that Daniel has stumbled his own way across what the rest of us knew 20 years ago about House, which is that it's based on Sherlock Holmes, and um, that... Uh, I, I would question the word deep, Daniel. I'm not sure if it's that deep. No, really? I'd agree with that sense.
2: I, I would yeah i would question that but that's true that it is that it is uh the sherlock link is very much a big part of the uh the house world isn't it watson wilson well, yeah, house
1: yeah. and it is a you know it's a, it's it's
2: a great it's a great show i'm up to i'm trying to finish because i gave up after four seasons originally i've gone back and i've got to season seven yeah trying to stick with it but i have to say as much as i love it It it, it does get a bit tired. It's like a tired old shoe. It's been worn down the same path too many times. The same old route. The train goes around
1: the, the track in exactly the same way every time. I mean, you're going to end with a musical montage. You're going to have... They're not going to know what it is at first. They're going to think it's something else. They're going to make yeah. it worse. Then they're going to go around to the house. They're going to find something that's affected him uh, or her. And then they will eventually save them, apart from on the odd surprising episode.
2: And you know what? That's the thing. Like the, They always end the series with a really good episode. Mm. That, you know, are, mm. a different one that changes the dynamic of the show and you just think you know what just stick with that different dynamic for a while a bit right. longer but they never do they go back to the old twists and stuff so I, I do love House I do get it but I do think it said it should have probably ended after six series I think it went on a little bit long. Phil Smith tweeted us
1: at the box set pod asking yeah. for some advice on what to watch I can't find his damn tweet can you? Oh leave it with me I will yeah, you see if you can find it. I can't find it. I'll find it. But thanks, Phil. Um, make sure you email us because the deal is our favourite email for whatever subjective reason. And these are your terms and conditions. Our favourite. End of. It can be as crooked as we like. We will give away uh, this box set of Entourage if if I can still find it in my house after all of
2: this time. All right. Okay. Here's Phil Smith's tweet. Yep. Uh, okay, as Autumn appears to be here already, what box set can you recommend? Preferably no more than two seasons oh. for a couple who enjoy thriller slash suspense, but not too dark. Maybe some humour even. It's no Dexter. zombies also. It's Dexter, Phil. Perfect for Autumn. More than two seasons, though. I know it is, but I'm afraid I can't help you there.
1: I mean, you could try Gotham.
2: Gotham's, um, course, you know, I've just finished Gotham's good. What's wrong with more than two seasons? I mean, if some people just have trouble committing to long form. TV shows that well, have been going stop. on for more than just two series. Just stop
1: after two series if you, you want. Can
2: take, yeah, you can take it at your own
1: pace, Philip. I'm telling you, Dexter is a great, um, you know, the nights are cold, let's get in, pop Dexter on. It's Gotham, quite, I mean, this is, it is dark though, isn't it, yeah, Dexter? Yeah, but it's, it's, it's daytime TV, dark. I mean, it's not dark, dark. It's not... Yeah, I'd say Dexter's quite a good one to choose on, yeah. 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 Um, so I decided that I would take on 24, right? Okay. On my own decided I'd take on 24 and um, I've never seen it so it's now what 15 years old or something like that it's it's old now yeah
2: 24 yeah it is coming back but yeah
1: and uh... some would say it was the the first box set ever you know oh I don't Did know about do that well that, uh, that
2: and West Wing and like these were these were the forerunners well, of I think I think sets. 24 was one of the big one of the first shows that really caught fire uh, of the new sort of era wasn't yeah. it it was up the, it came out about the same time as Sopranos and had it had a caught onto a different audience but it caught onto that uh, twist audience that the, the, the audience that loves to be on constant cliffhangers oh my god right well I wrote a diary okay i've
1: written a diary we are in a loose end binge watching 24 (laughs) episode one yeah exciting this is much better than i expected it's dramatic smart underplayed by sutherland episode two love the mix of action and politics also a plane crash sorry it's like west wing meets prison break meets homeland it really is those three things. Well yeah, well described, good. Howell. Episode three. How are they gonna make this last for twenty-four episodes? Episode <laughs> yeah, four. each episode's an hour, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's real time, but at minus fifteen minutes because of the ad breaks. Of course. Episode four. Have begun watching cushions in the living room. Rabbits, wallpaper, anything to help get past all the suspense. Episode 5, Tapping Fingers Impatiently. Episode 6, Is There a Film I Could Watch Instead of This? Episode 11, Jumped a Few, Oh For God's Sake, Hurry Up. Episode 12, every scene is people talking in riddles mixed with a cliffhanger. Episode 13, using fast forward to get beyond the crap. Episode 14, seriously considering just watching the first and last 2.4 minutes of every episode. It's all threat and no cigar. Episode 15, could I watch the first and last episode of every series? Is it could it, Could I do that? Episode question. 16, it should have been called 12 episode 17 <laughs> for goodness sake don't binge watch 24 further thoughts time has passed well that only the phones look old in it it is full of suspense but it is that there is that question of this this came out before the era of binge watching mm. and it absolutely drives you nuts to watch them back to back you need to you know if i do four in a row i'm just like oh fuck God's sake, Mm. get on with it. It, This is the format of every scene. Scene begins, conversation between two people, and they talk in riddle. They go, you know what we should do? We We should go and we should admit that this has happened to the public. And someone else says, if you do that, how will you ever solve this? He goes, but this is the right thing to do. It doesn't matter what the right thing to do is. Those people will win. Those people will win whether you do it or not. Uh, and, and, and that, that's every scene and oh, at the end of good. the scene kind of some decision is made but really it's a conversation about nothing happening interspersed with jack bauer trying doing a lot of action where very little happens you know he's yeah. trying to get from point a to point b and there are 24 other points in between and it is good it's yeah, it, but yeah. it's it drives me up the wall like prison break did, right. in that sense so my question is this. I've got seven series to go with this bloody thing. Should Seriously, I am really, really tempted to just watch the first and last episode of every Ooh, series. good question. I've done the four-episode rule.
2: Yeah. What should I do? Studio at the com. How much of it did you watch? 24. Mm. Or oh, maybe uh, I'd never watched a full episode of it. You never watched a full episode? Okay, Jamie can't advise me, so you're going to have to advise me. I can't me. advise you, Howell. It's going to have to be down to other people, but it's a good question. Should Howell just watch the first and last
1: episode? <laughs> I've done the four-episode rule. Come on. Um, Adam Comstiff has emailed. We had him on the podcast a few yeah. months ago. Um, he's just a listener. He's just a listener.
2: But he's also kind of a friend. Yeah,
1: um, but he's, he's, I'm not sure about the friend bit anymore. Listen to this. While we're on it, we exchanged recommendations when I was on. Yours stank. It takes a lot for us to utterly abandon a series, but one of yours was well and truly dumped. I haven't taken on the other two, as you stank me out so bad. (laughs) (laughs) The reason we give more than one recommendation, first of all, is because this is an art, not a science. We're trying to cover all bases. Maybe... You will like one of the other two. In fact, it's almost certain that you will. But because you're a very particular kind of snob, it means that you're going to have to seek that out. You're going to have to try the other two out, okay? Well, but I we know make, that takes. What we recommend I'm guessing he tried chalk. I, it's the only thing that I can imagine oh, well, that I've yeah, been that banging on about. That that's no, no, no. Adam is not Hang a on. Chuck fan, and he's never going to be a Chuck fan. I disagree completely. Adam but Adam isn't built for Chuck. No, I just called Adam a, Adam a snob, and that's where you're coming from with this. But I don't think no, he is. but some people aren't Adam, built for Chuck, Al. He's built for it. Everyone's built for Chuck. You don't know what you're talking about. You've got to give it four episodes. Anyway,
2: in his email, he also says that says, still haven't watched The West Wing or The Sopranos. I know, I it's just no, a child wandering have, in the woods. Just a so child. I have no fucking frame of reference here. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You've got to get onto that. I mean, where, where are you on those? Get straight onto Sopranos and West Wing. I mean, Adam, give us some more information. What
1: was it that you gave up on? If it was Chuck and you gave up before four episodes, which I highly suspect then you, you have no frame of rate. You're not allowed an opinion. You know that. That's the rule of the podcast. You can only have an opinion. If you have four episodes in, then you can make your mind up. If you did watch the four episodes, fair enough, try one of the other two. But seriously, why haven't you... How come you've never done West Wing or Sopranos? I, I mean, mean,
2: those two. What? I mean, for someone like Adam, I'm actually disappointed in you. Yeah. I'm actually, I've just lost a little bit of respect for I mean, you as a human being. Whether in your head... Chuck is,
1: uh, or, or whatever you've watched, whether you've watched, you know, uh, it's the equivalent of somebody walking in and saying, I have listened to my Britney Spears album that you recommended, or I have listened to my Pink Floyd album that you've recommended. I listened to one track and I decide that um, I don't like it. I've, By the way, I've never listened to music before. That's what you're saying, Adam. Yeah, absolutely, Adam. Completely
2: you, 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 wandering depth. in the woods. yeah yeah, he does mention though uh, early on he says talks about masters of sex and Mm. uh, weird bloody show couldn't agree more it is a very weird show I'm not sure I'm enjoying it only um, he says only one even vaguely sympathetic character totally agree it's hard to get into stuff where there's no sympathetic characters well you Uh, talked about that a few weeks ago didn't you yeah also he mentions The Good Wife surely the key six degrees of separation show every episode someone from another show crops up it's so true it's got Mm. people from West Wing, it's got people from The Wire, it's got people from Sopranos in it. There are, well, there I'll episodes... tell you what,
1: I'm finding that there's a big crossover
2: between Prison Break and 24 as well. Really? Yeah. I think that some shows were the base, because I think Goodwife's set in Chicago, so you get a lot of that East Coast sort of the, or the, you know, that kind of part of America. Yeah, the same actors who were working in that part of the country all kind of uh, revolve around the same shows, and uh, you should watch The Good Wife, though, Howell. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, but yeah, there is a lot of actors in that show from different. Right, I'm getting a I'm getting a phone call from London. Wait a sec.
1: We've just cut out um, us doing a, a a test, a line test, because it was very, very boring. Audio admin. Audio admin with London. It's going to be an interesting one this week. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll see if it actually takes, goes. Anyway, uh, Adam's loving the podcast, uh, wondering why it's sounding better since he heard it last, asks if we've got a producer. No, Adam, no. <laughs> and if anything, Adam, it hasn't changed a bit. It's you. You need to look at yourself... In this situation, look right? Look at yourself
2: naked Send... in the mirror and judge yourself. Yeah. Okay? You say, what is that? What Has that got better? Put huh? your defensiveness down, Adam. You... Pull down the walls. <laughs> Pull down the brick walls in look, front of your naked body. Look at your naked body and say, where did the producer go for that?
1: Huh? Mm. And then think about sending an insulted email about our recommendations.
2: There's always been rumours that Adam's uh, extremely well hung, but he actually yeah. spread them, so... Yeah, he did. And uh, and we'll pop Adam's email there into the um, draw for the Entourage box set. Thanks very much, Adam. OK, so uh, I, I do want to do some uh, box set news. Do it. But before I do that, I just want to mention what I've been watching. First of all, uh, TV-wise, I started... Um, oh, crap, what's it called? Um... The one on uh, the cartoon on Netflix with the horse. Bojack Horseman. Bojack Horseman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is, uh, you know what, it's weird. Like, I've been watching it. I've got three episodes in. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to continue. Yeah. And I'm liking it. I'm yeah. enjoying it. But yeah. I'm not laughing a lot. Like, I'm not actually doing lots of oh. guffaw laughter. But I'm actually enjoying it still. I like the characters in it. You Have
1: know? you watched um, the other one? Uh, the other animation? Um, um. The
2: Secret Agent Man? Oh, um, Archer. Archer. Yeah, I've watched a bit. That's very funny. It's hilarious. If you want to laugh. Really yeah, that's very funny, Archer. I've only really just started that as well, but it's really good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's more laugh out loud funny, but I'm still quite enjoying BoJack. Yeah. Um, also, we watched another great film. It's been a bit of a Netflix weekend. I watched on, uh, this is on Netflix, Babadook. It's in the Babadook, Owl? Nope oh you shit your pants really? I tell you it's so scary it's a brilliant really scary film like you know very very well told and very clever like at the end of it I wasn't sure the then and then my wife explained it to me and I went oh that is very clever because she's a <laughs> she's, she's a therapist so she knows stuff but uh, it's a very good film really recommend it it's a real psychological thriller the Babadook
1: I didn't tell you about the other two films I watched, did I? You watched... Pixels, uh, Adam Sandler.
2: Pixels, that's meant to be crap, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it, it's not crap. It's it's very well made, um, and there's some very funny moments. Olaf from Frozen is in it, Josh Gad, yeah. he, another one who stood us up for an interview. And um, it's just not got the same finesse. Chris Columbus is the director, and yeah. it's very impressive looking, but the, com- the co- comedic finesse isn't there so if you've got a cast like that sandler josh Gad, lots of others um you've got the ability to pull off albeit sandler's type of humor you've got the ability to pull off some really well-placed jokes mm-hmm. and actually the jokes aren't quite often the jokes aren't delivered very well but the all-out star and the line for line funniest person in it is peter dinklage
2: dinklage aka game Timmy. of thrones
1: is Tyrion. he is hilarious
2: in it and you know, it, he's very funny in real life he's just a he's a very funny guy i've heard a few chats with him interviews and well he's you a can tell
1: guy. he's enjoying it a lot and the others perhaps are i don't know I, I, it's just one of those things where i feel like it's quite a high it's quite a complicated technical film because it's about aliens using um 80s 80s um, computer games to take over the world. So there's lots of special effects and very impressive. But then there's just gags that are missed and you go, oh, I wanted. For example, Josh Gad um, is supposed to be a bit of a loser friend, a bit of a geek. And and he sings a song at one point with a band. And it should be like in The Wedding Singer when you get um, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? It should have that sort of feel to it. Um, he's been physically very funny, but he's actually a really good singer and it just makes the gag not as funny. And a, a comedic director would spot that straight away and go, okay, you need to sing this live and you need to make it bad um, you know, come up with something to make it funny. And the joke just isn't
2: quite there. It's not
1: quite delivered right.
2: And well, that's um, Christopher Columbus. I mean, this is the same the guy who made the two worst Harry, Harry Potter Potters. films. I
1: know, I know. And he's a good guy, Christopher Columbus. He's got a good vision and stuff. I think it's just that thing of working with the actors in detail that he falls back on, you know. If you think about those first two Harry Potters, visually, amazing, but and and right for what it is but no and the one i watched last night yesterday was um me earl and the real girl and the dying girl not the real girl i'm thinking of lars and the real girl me, Earl, and the dying girl
2: oh yeah i like the trailer for that oh uh, is, is it sad it's what you expect it to be yeah and and i'm not it's sure one if... of the reasons i've not wanted to watch the film the fault in our stars exactly. because uh, exactly. it looks like i'm just gonna be depressed for quite a while
1: it really really depressed me and it is a really well made film, but when you get to a certain age and you've seen three or four films like that, I think you begin to go, What use is this doing me? Nice for teenagers to watch this film and nice for people, you know, oh let's let's count our blessings kind of thing. But actually I'm just sat there going, This is horrendous and I, I don't I, I don't wish this upon anybody, least of all myself, so why am I sat imagining mm-hmm. that I am in this position? It's um really
2: nice film, really well made. But there we go. Carry on with the news. Okay, so if you go to theboxsetpod.com slash news, uh, I've put some bits and bobs up there. A few bits I wanted to mention. Daniel Radcliffe has grown a beard in the Harry Potter vein. He's actually got a wizard beard going down. He's in a new <laughs> TV show. It's uh, The trailer's been released. Uh, uh, it's a very good trailer, actually. It's a TV movie, basically, called Game Changers. It's about the launch of Grand Theft Auto, which went on to be the fastest... Share this. It was the fastest-selling entertainment title in history history wow. in any entertainment world, the fastest selling. Wow. And Daniel Radcliffe plays one of the founders of Rockstar Games who created uh, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, It's about his court battle with a Christian lawyer in America called, uh, who Bill Paxton plays about the release of the game. And uh, it looks fascinating. And Daniel looks really street He's got, a, he's got a baseball cap on and he's grown a really wispy beard. So it's worth checking out for just that. Go that to alone.
1: Universal Studios in Florida and go on the uh, Twister ride and you'll have Bill Paxton um, doing some of the great, greatest 90s introductions to the ride that you'll ever see. There is a man who takes his role seriously, even if it's to tell people that what you're about to experience is a terrifying Twister.
2: I'm sure you got paid nicely for that yep. performance. Yep. Um other news apple are getting into original programming so they're going to take on netflix they're going to take on amazon prime they've announced that they will be creating their own original tv content and there's a chance because they're about to uh, launch the latest apple tv you've got apple tv haven't you how long
1: i love it i've got apple tv and now tv and apple tv is so much
2: easier to everything about it is easy to use i love it yeah, well, they offer—they're going to offer twenty-five channels, including the major television channels, but also they want to develop their own TV shows of the same calibre as *Orange is the New Black*, or as transparent. And they may even be getting into reality TV program making. That's the rumor. Plus, there's a rumor that they're going to buy their own Hollywood studio. Wow. Now,
1: this is interesting, isn't it? Because Apple have always been the delivery device for other people's content, Mm. whilst also making their own content in terms of apps and things like that. But actually, would this damage their share price? Because the um, creation of Apple Beats, I'm not sure quite how well that's taken off.
2: Beats Radio. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh, Beats hasn't done that... it's kind of it. It feels like they're in a they're they're moving into a subjective territory. You know, like with a phone, it's like you decide what the content is. Someone like Adam could use the phone because and and I could, and we could have different content on there because we've got different levels of snobby taste. Mm-hmm. Whereas now they're attaching that Apple logo to content that people can like or dislike. I think it's. Uh, I think it's a good move. I think it's a wise move a because the people who own the content are the ones who are going to uh, win in the end, but it's a very it's a bold move for Apple.
2: Yeah, it's a bold move, but it's the way a lot of people are going. Netflix are actually letting, letting go of a lot of the licenses they own in America for, t- for films because they want to create their own films and they want to create their own TV shows. And this is the way a lot of things are going at the moment. Yeah. Uh, another story that I want to mention uh, on the website is Jim Carrey is working on a new Tom... TV comedy show. Let's we'll call it Tomedy. And it's for Showtime. He's working with the Masters of Sex producer David Flebot. And they've teamed up to create a, a show. It's about David Flembot. Flebot I will. No Flem. Flembot. Just the Fleb. Yeah. And uh, they're working on a show. It's set during the 70s stand up scene in Los Angeles. And it's going to focus on a young comedian trying to make it in the comedy world. Nice. It's based on a non fiction book. And it's great to see Jim Curry working on stuff like this. It's very intriguing to see him getting into the producing roles. Interesting, if you want to see just exactly how loaded Jim Curry is. If you go on comedians in cars making coffee, yeah, having coffee, which yeah, uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Have you seen the one where they go to Jim Carrey's studio? That's a great online box set. Yeah, his art studio. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I thought it'd be just like a room in his house, yeah. but he's actually got this huge building that's all got all his own artwork in there. He's and it's good it's, artwork it's, as well. It's, I really, it's like really it. talented. He's really talented. I watched so Kit an... Cast
1: two uh, the other day, and I, I don't understand why he came out and opposed it. I don't understand how he couldn't see. Yeah when he made it, how violent it was going to be, because he's the one doing half the violence. I know. But, you know, but then, good on it. I mean, it, it was around the time of a great, uh, one of the big American massacres that happened too often, and so it was nice of him to make that statement. But I do feel sorry for the rest of the cast who have worked really hard on a film, and then he turned yeah. against it. Anyway, my goose is cooked, so that's everything. That's everything. So it's time to welcome Balthazar. Uh, what's his second name? Balthazar Cormacure. Balthazar
2: Cormacure
1: Balthazar Cormacure and why are we interviewing Balthazar well um, we always say we'll interview anybody if they've got a tenuous link to box sets well Robin Wright is in this new um, Everest film and she of course is Kevin Spacey's um, partner in crime in uh, House of Cards so we can ask him about that although we've only got five minutes we've
0: only got five minutes
2: on your marks
0: hello Jamie Jamie Hello.
2: Oh. Ah, Balthazar
0: and uh, Howell. Howell. Yes. Is that how I pronounce it?
1: Howell right. and Jamie. Well done. Yeah, it's a Welsh. Uh,
0: Welsh, Yeah. My my second name is uh, Irish, so it's. Uh Cormac, who would be my again yeah if, if you know lived in iceland
1: iceland though hey listen we've got five minutes so we'll we'll power through i've seen the trailer for this movie i love everest movies one of the best books i've ever read is edmund hillary's um autobiography can't wait for this uh it looks so exciting um Where's a question in this? Um, it's, it's based on a true story, isn't it? Has this been covered by any of the other documentaries and things so far that we've?
0: There are, yeah, there are documentaries that have been made about it, and countless books. You know, there are like ten books and endless articles written about this. there has been a lot of controversy about this story, through, since since it happened in '96. You know, so so, it was very interesting to me, you know, approaching this project and having all this material to just, uh, you know, dive into
2: well yeah i i i actually uh i actually went through a um a mountain based documentary phase balthazar and um <laughs> and one of the documentaries i watched was like it was i think it was called disaster on everest and it was like from ninety seven i think and it's yeah, the that's... one that your film's based on and it's an amazing Ooh. story like i know that the uh, the story in the documentary is an incredible one did, did many of the original the people involved, the actual real life uh, climbers uh, help out with the making of the film
0: yeah, I mean the f- film is based on the real events and not a single, you know, book or, or a movie or anything like that. So what I was I was really lucky because I was, uh, you know, uh, uh, allowed to listen to. Uh, I went to New Zealand. I was allowed to uh, to listen to the real tapes that were recorded, you know, from the radio from from uh, from the top down to down to base camp the whole day. And and nobody had been, you know, uh, had access to those tapes until now. And it was recorded by Helen Wilton, played by Emily Watson. Awesome. and and that was incredible you know to be able to really to listen to it and, and get the truth of it you know and so so it so that was really what we based it on you know
1: was it uh, was it upsetting to listen to those um
0: yes very I was very emotional you know the, these women you know the, uh, the widow of Rob, Rob Hall and, and Helen Wilton you know uh, hadn't, hadn't they hadn't uh, listened to it in 18 years they had pushed this away and they had, you know nobody was was uh, allowed to those tapes and they opened it up and kind of opened up the wound you know but it was also very informational because there was very you know detailed information that we could get from it you know even dialogue you know that, that we use in the film so it was it was fantastic you know but also but it's it's, it, they trust us with something very important to them. So we had to, you know, we had to do it right. I, I was very clear I didn't want to sanitize the characters. I wanted to, you know, to humanize them, make them real, you know, and and they have been very supportive. And, and, and then I had David Brashears, and who is one of the you know most famous climbers in the world, and Guy Carter was also on the mountain that year to work with us, you know.
2: Wow, so, so did you film a lot of it around Everest or, or was it studio-based? Or-
0: no, we filmed, uh, we filmed uh, you know, we started in Kathmandu and went all the way to 16,000 feet on the foothills of Everest. When That's when everyone started getting sick and we had to evacuate people in helicopters really quickly because you got to walk up there. You know, you can't... There's, there's not like you can, you know... Uh, it just uh, go to work and then, then go home and and you know rest. We had to walk up there for 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 a week or so, and and people you know had to carry their own stuff, sleeping lodges, uh, unheated lodges. So it was back to like film school, you know, really carrying equipment for the you know A list movie star, carrying equipment for for the crew.
1: The if if I was being taken down the mountain in a helicopter, having struggled, my first question would be. Why couldn't we take the helicopter on the way up, Balthazar?
0: Because you you will die as soon as they drop you off, you know. That's as simple as that. Because you, you've yeah, got to because... gradually
1: acclimatise.
0: Yes, you've got to gradually acclimatise, and it takes a long time. And when you're actually making a film, you've got to... Walk, acclimatize, and make a whole day of shooting, and that's a, that's a really gets really complicated, you know. And and I actually had the, I had the, the problem of there was a mistake made when I was scouting. I was dropped off in in base camp, and and the, you know I was given an oxygen bottle with the with the DP to to breathe through while the helicopter went to keep, pick up more people, you know. And we found out that we had an empty bottle, you know. So we started, you know deteriorating pretty fast you know we were kind of out of it when the helicopter came to pick us up
1: now did you find that because they're actors um like it, it would be too easy to say oh actors they're lovies they're thespians uh, they can't cope with this stuff but actually a lot of them are super fit they go to the gym a lot were, did you find that the the cast coped very well or were you because you've got a lot of big personalities to manage there on top of all that
0: yeah, that's true, you know, and, and some of them, you know, uh, were really well uh, prepared for this, went climbing and, t- you know, t- t- trained and others were less. And, and we had some, you know, we had some issues with people kind of, uh, you know, falling apart and, and not wanting to do this because they got really scared and, and didn't feel like this was it was the right decision they made. And, but,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, <you> know, <laughs> who was it, Malthazar? Who was it? I, no, I cannot Jake tell you. <laughs>
0: No, it wasn't Jake, actually. Jake Jake actually, you know, he he actually, you know, there's a scene shot with him and you can see his whole face is frozen. That's not makeup, you know. That is real, a frozen face. Even his nostril hairs are frozen and his eyelids and and his inner ear is frozen in that scene. You can almost oh, see that. My
2: God, God, I would have thrown a tantrum in that scenario, <laughs> Balthazar.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, he didn't, you know. I, I'm not sure he will ever make a film with me again, but that's another whole other question.
1: So we, the, you are on the box set pod at the moment, and we have to mention that you got to direct Robin Wright. What was Robin Wright like to direct?
0: She is a tough cookie, you know. See, you know, you see Sean Penn couldn't even handle her, so <laughs> it wasn't easy. <laughs> and was it- But she's a lovely actress. I, I really, you know, she's. I've been a big admirer, you know. Of her, you know of her as an actress
1: you must have been filming this um, as uh, House of cards was really exploding as well so I imagine everyone was asking her about that and talking about that as well.
0: Yeah, that, and, and also Michael Kelly, who's a part of that cast too, you know, was was uh, play, plays John Crocker in it. So, yeah, what kind of fabulous cast, you know. He, he exploded actually after Everest, kind of, so, so I even got lucky there, you know.
1: When Netflix like holding a gun at you saying, don't damage these two people, they're really important
2: to us?
0: <laughs> well, you know, uh, I wouldn't even listen to that. You know. Yeah, that.
2: yeah it, it must have been an insurance nightmare about <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm just thinking about the 3D stuff, right? I'm still kind of undecided on 3D. I loved Avatar, but some films haven't really lived up to the expectation. Is this the film to turn me on to 3D?
0: I think you will be, you know, totally, you know, you will feel the opposite when you, you know, trust me, go see it in 3D. It is, it is made for 3D, it's perfect in 3D, because, you know, it's not, I'm not throwing stuff at your face, you know? You won't be be hit with anything, you know, during the screening. But you will see the volume and the and the depth, and and the height, you know. And you will just get a more of a, you know visceral uh, experience out of out of the cinema.
1: I am going. Is the next movie you're going to make something that's very indoors, inland, very safe?
0: Well, I have a Viking movie which is going to happen in the Highlands of Iceland. So yeah, that could get pretty cold there. No, I, I, you know, I don't pick my, you know, I don't think about my own uh, well-being when I pick the projects. I pick, you know, what excites me, and, and I have no idea what that will be. Yeah.
1: Well, great. Listen, Balthazar, thank you for talking to us. I know we've got to go now. Um, final question that we always ask everybody: What is your favorite TV box set or film box set ever?
0: You know, I actually. I really liked Fargo. I pinched. towards that. That's probably the only thing I've been towards because I, you know, usually candy. I don't have time to do that. But, but I did fall into that and, and I got through it. So it's my only unfavorite. Let's put it that way.
1: Is it because it was very cold, snowy and uh, extreme temperatures that you enjoyed that one?
0: Yeah, and very nasty atmosphere, you know. Yeah. <laughs> very, very ironic and nasty. I was. I also thought they weren't going to pull it off because, you know, I, I really liked the film. And, and, and the Coen brothers are, you know, kind of, you know, favorites. So, so you know, I I wasn't sure that they could turn that into a, you know, good uh, TV series. But, you know, I thought it started really well. It had a little weak middle, but it had a great ending, you know. Yeah. amazing ending Balthazar thank you for talking
2: to
1: us well done for your press junket and good luck with the rest (laughs) of it we're going to go and watch the film
0: brilliant thanks guys
1: take care thank you there you go nice guy nice guy uh, can't complain we got the end of his press junket we were the last interview I oh, think he yeah. was holding it together although
2: you know I, d- I think I'd prefer to be on the side of Everest <laughs> than do one of those things. I think he was in, you know, uh end of the day at work checking out Zone and uh you know he was ready for uh, ready to hang up the headphones but he uh, he's a nice guy. So which <laughs> of the cast were the ones that were kicking off and Clearly win? Robin Wright was an issue. I think she was, yeah. He he pretty much made out she was busting his balls <laughs> <Yeah>. and uh <laughs> Clearly, she was, yeah, she was hard work. Uh, do you reckon? Who else? Well, I reckon as well, looking at the cast, Josh Brolin's a bit of a tubby one these days. I reckon he caused a few issues. I think Brolin struggled. Brolin struggled. Um, mm. Possibly Sam Worthington, although he's a bit of a testosterone freak, so maybe he got into it. He wouldn't uh, have admitted to it. Why don't you let us know? Which
1: actor do you think uh, of all the actors in the world would struggle the most up Everest? Let us know. Studio at theboxsetpod.com. That's your question for this week. Yeah. Which actor in the world is would be most likely to die
2: on the side of Everest? Ooh. Studio at theboxsetpod.com. I'm, I mean, I'm, I it sounds quite cruel. But I'm going to go with Maggie Smith just because of the Good age factor. God, Jamie. Good <laughs> God. Is that too close to the bone? Yeah. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary. Not realizing its potential, however, could be.